Hi, this is Brian Colon, the game designer who helped create games like Rampage and Arch Rivals and Xenophobe and Pigskin and many other early, what are sometimes called classic games. And you are listening to Atari Bytes. Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 279. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you and yours are doing well, getting outside, enjoying some of the weather. It occurs to me I always open this show talking about the weather, which, I mean, on the one hand, it's something that affects us all, right? They made a whole channel out, out of weather. So we all we all like to talk about the weather. The older you get, you know, it's the, it's the old comedy routine, right? The, the older you get, the more preoccupied you get with the weather, the more interested you get in sitting and watching the Weather Channel. Having said that, uh, Weather Channel, if you would like to sponsor the podcast, uh, I know I made fun of you a little bit, but I'm totally open to that. So email me. So I always, for some reason, I always open this show talking about the weather. That's also problematic, of course, because the show is not a a newsy type show. I have a what I call a news segment, but most of what I talked about is not really tied to a specific date and time, and of course that's on purpose because these shows come out on a certain date, but you could be listening to it anytime. And yet when I start the show, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, hey, a weather thing, but what are you going to do? So this episode is a little different uh, than the typical episode. There's no game this week, but don't worry, there is still a story. Still going to have the story time segment. I, I thought what I would do this week, because I'm lazy, uh, I mean, because it's relevant to the gaming community, is talk about my recent uh, pop culture convention experience, and more generally, the, the sort of the pop culture convention scene as it relates to games and gaming. But first, we have some feedback, and our, as I said earlier, somewhat inaccurately named news segment. As you guys know... The other thing with the production of this show is I, I produce this thing about a week before you hear it, which is a long time, but it kind of has to be that way to uh, fit in with my life and uh, be able to get an episode out to you every single week. I'm kind of proud of the fact that I've only missed one week in ooh, five, five years. Holy crap. And that was only because of an unexpected ambulance ride and hospital stay uh, that sort of messed up production that week. So to do that, uh, to get the episodes out on time, I have to uh, I have to produce them a week ahead. So as you're hearing this, it's been two weeks since I had a booth at QuadCon near where I live. Uh, for me, it's been a week. So last week, for me, uh, I posted on social media that I was at QuadCon talking about the podcast and my other show. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown, and uh, selling some books and talking to people and that kind of thing. And I got a little bit of feedback that day. Carl Mead, my fan in New Zealand. Hi, Carl. How you doing? 
uh, posted uh, when I posted that you know Quadton was going on. I was excited to have a booth that day. He wrote, "Wow, must be strange. We've been out of home lockdown uh, for ten months. Only cases of COVID are found coming back into the country." We've had a lot of freedom. We have a bubble between Australia and New Zealand, but not yet keen to travel. Of course, from the beginning of the pandemic, New Zealand was sort of an inspiration uh, and a source of frustration for other places, by which I mean the United States, um, because New Zealand uh, was very serious about the pandemic from the start, took the sort of unpleasant measures they needed to uh, from the get-go to contain cases and prevent as much as possible the virus from spreading, and uh, we're very successful at that. Uh, the United States, eh, less so. But I, I can totally get, Carl, why, uh, you know, why even with that in mind, uh, New Zealanders are still reluctant to go out. Uh, Americans are still reluctant to go out, even though as this episode goes out, things are, are looking up. I, sh- I say Americans. Uh, a lot of Americans are still reluctant to go out. Some, not so much. Some never stayed in, frankly. But we're wandering off topic. So, to your point... It was a little weird doing a convention. This was the first one I had done as a vendor since 2019. Of course, in 2020, uh, I would have gone to Midwest Gaming Classic in Milwaukee, uh, but it was canceled earlier this year. I th- and then maybe I went to one in late 2020 as a just as a, a visitor. Henry and I went and checked them out. Stayed a very short time, wore masks. These were small events. They weren't very crowded. And we took all those precautions and everything. But this, uh, this one a couple weeks ago for you, a uh, week ago for me, I don't know why I keep saying that, you've got the point, was the first one I'd been to since 2019, where I stayed all day, and I was a vendor. Um, people, for the most part, wore masks. Uh, I'm fully vaccinated at this point. I don't mean to brag, so I was comfortable in that regard, so it was fine there. We had the hand sanitizer, we had all that, uh, so that was fine, but still, yeah, it still felt a little weird. Uh, it was a pretty well-attended event, especially given that uh, they were doing it uh, QuadCon is a local, pretty small. This is nowhere near the scope of like a Midwest Gaming Classic or anything like that. It's a small event, but they have been gradually growing the event in the sense of doing it in different towns. The one we were at, well, I'll save that. Uh, I'll get into that later. Yes, to your, to your point, Carl, this was a, uh, it did feel a little weird, but it was also pretty exciting. If you guys go over there and look at that May 16th Facebook post, by the way, uh, Carl also posted... Uh, some photos. Uh, half of my retro handhelds, first computer was Atari 800XL, love retro computers. And he posted a uh, a smattering of handheld devices. The uh, one that, I, that really jumps out at me is the original Game Boy, which I still have. It's sitting in my... Occasionally I'll put up a photo of my small uh, setup, my small classic gaming setup that I have. And uh, I, I think probably in some of the photos you can see it sitting there. Henry gets it out every once in a while and plays it, because uh, it still works. Uh, and then there's some other handhelds here. I didn't have a lot of those, like the real handheld handhelds. When I was really little, I had, like, Merlin, and I think I had uh, Simon. Actually, I don't think I had Simon. I knew people who had Simon. I had, like, a knockoff version of Simon, I think. But beyond that, I didn't have a whole lot of handhelds. I think at a convention, might have been Midwest Gaming, Henry wanted uh, an old uh, Mattel something or other. It was a Mattel football thing, and that's down there too. You can probably see that occasionally in photos, uh, although I don't, I don't think he's played it for a while. Also in response to that uh, QuadCon post, we heard from Jason. So he wrote, 
I noticed the Jason Says Stuff fans were not allowed to mix with the rest of the fan base. They are an unruly bunch, but sure add a lot of spice to the soup. Oh, sorry, actually before that, he, he wrote, uh, I think we should do something for the East Coast Biters, B-Y-T-E-R-S, preferably in New York, New Jersey, so I can autograph a few restaurants and perhaps juggle. <laughs> I'm sure. Jason, I don't know if you're on social media other than the Facebook. Yeah, TikTok seems like a good place. You go do a TikTok thing of you juggling. That might be fun. I, I live in the Midwest. Uh, I'm not out on the East Coast. It would be a, a bit of a challenge to do an event out there. Uh, it's not saying I'm not opposed. I'm, I'm opposed. Just uh, it, logistically, it would be difficult. Uh, and then as far as the second comment, which was the first one that I read uh, about the uh, the fans not allowed to mix with the rest of the fan base, I'm not sure what you're referring to. We're we're all one fan base here at Atari Bytes, right? We, we all like uh, Atari games and uh, stories. Speaking of Jason, apparently we're talking about Jason a lot today, which I'm sure he appreciates. I heard from Jeff at Into the Vertical Blank podcast. Uh, he wrote, While Jason sometimes sounds far too intelligent and witty to be a follower of He Who Shall Not Be Named, every time I hear him make a crack about uh, at Schnook Podcasts, um, meaning friend of the show, uh, Sean Courtney's, uh, Sean Courtney, who hosts uh, the excellent autobiography of a schnook, uh, as well as uh, co-host Pie Factory, and has done many, many things for this show, and uh, is a good friend. Every time I hear him make a craft about schnook podcast, band, or musical talent, I hope that Sean returns with a new song that riffs Jason a new one. Uh, I'm open. Uh, Sean, if you're listening, if you have a musical retort to Jason, Jason made a, what I assume was a humorous comment, Last week about uh, about the uh, the uh, Jason says stuff theme, uh, I believe that's what he was referring to. So yeah, all views expressed on Atari Bytes are the solely held by the person expressing them, and anyone's free to respond should they so desire. All views expressed on Atari Bytes are solely those of the person expressing them. We're all friends here, so if anyone like to respond to something that somebody else says, please do. All right. Well, speaking of all views expressed being those solely of the person expressing them. Question! What does Jason say? He says stuff! What does Jason say? What's a stuff? What does Jason say? Or maybe a little stuff! What does Jason say? He says stuff! Jason says stuff in Atari Bytes exclusive! Jason had the uh, Retron 77 on the mind, on his mind again this week. Today's little factoid is a relatively new product from Hyperkin. Yes, that Hyperkin, the makers of the amazing Retron 77. This unit, and he sent me a picture of it, is the Trooper 2, which is a very good copy of a real Atari 2600 joystick, but plugs into an emulator using USB. It's recognized by Stella on my map and allows you to play 2600 games using the classic 2600-style joystick. Actually, even better than the real thing. Wow, shots fired, Jason. It has rounded edges on the base to decrease hand fatigue, which I liked a lot. The older I get, the older I get, the more I notice that. Uh, it has rounded edges on the base to decrease hand fatigue and duplicate and duplicate fire buttons on both the right and left sides. This might be an issue for Bill since, hey, that's me, since many of his favorite manuals specify to press the left button. And if he prefers, excuse me, actually, Jason, to be clear, that's the red button in the upper left-hand corner, which is the way you're supposed to hold the joystick. Totally going to put that on a t-shirt someday. This might be an issue for Bill. Again, that's me. Since many of his favorite manuals specify to press the left button, and if he prefers to utilize the right side, it could leave him in a total state of bewilderment. Joke's on you, Jason. I live there most of the time. 
light when a great new story appears for Jason Says Stuff. Jason also gives a shout-out of sorts to, I guess, a podcast called Anthony and Larry Play, an episode specifically where they played Atari 2600 Steeplechase, which was the uh, topic for last week's episode of this show. And step ahead to the uh, factoid. The original Steeplechase game, which premiered 1975, was the first side-scrolling game in history. I think that's correct. I don't know if I mentioned it last week. I intended to, but I may have forgotten. If anyone has a counter to that or thinks that's not correct, let me know. Jason does say that he's going to stick with Atari Bytes, which has no puppets. Not yet, anyway. Just 100% awesomeness, which totally should be on a t-shirt as well. And then Jason uh, makes a reference to one of my favorite authors, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who once said, according to Jason, quote, Life is infinitely stranger than anything which the mind of man could invent, close quote. Which is certainly proven by the addition of Jason Says Stuff. No kidding. And then some mild annoyance that uh, Facebook told him that he has been recognized as one of Atari Byte's top fans. Get your badge now. And I had to give him the bad news that there are no actual badges. So I guess that's a message for the rest of you guys. Uh, if you are if you follow me on Facebook, thank you, first of all. But you're not going to get an actual badge. Sorry. Jason also had thoughts about last week's episode. Congratulations on another flame-throwing, nitro-charged, and spectacular show. I found Bug's jangly collar sounds to be particularly pronounced during the reading of my story. Yeah, I'm not sure that's actually true. But anyway... And that just enhanced the awesomeness and deep profundity. My only negative, there's always at least one, is calling out my story for the length of the steeplechase. If you remember, Jason had provided us with a story of his own, inspired by steeplechase, and I had questioned uh, the fact that in his story, the horse race is 40 minutes long. Jason is saying here, I discovered that you were correct. Those of you who have been listening to these Jason Says Stuff segments for a while may want to take note of this. Jason is acknowledging that he made a mistake. Jason continues, All right, but how do we suspend belief for literally everything else? But I get fact-checked. To that I say, fake news! Among the things that I'll be happy to see... This is me talking. Among the things that I'll be happy to see uh, relegated to the dustbin of history is the term fake news. Um, It's a... Uh, it's become a bit of a a, uh, a trope. I don't know if that's the word I want. But it it belies a deeper, scary crack in an already fractured society that we live in. So I'll be happy to see fake news go away. But I take Jason's point. He continues, Steeplechase is a truly awful game, even by Atari standards. But I... Wow. That's a little harsh on Atari there, Jason. But I think your review took this D-list title and made it a D-plus. Yes, I've succeeded. He says, I enjoyed Atari Bytes long before my segment, but I sense that the post-Jason era is incredibly more risque. I'm not sure that it is, but all right. He says, look, you're not even doing a game review of this episode. This is truly dusting off your inner rebel and sticking it to the man. Jason, it's true that I don't do many game-free episodes, but I have actually done a few. Um, over the years, if you go back and look at the uh, catalog. He says, I think this endeavor will lead to a live show touring the quadcons around the globe. Hey, they want to pay my way and, you know, invite me. I'm open to that idea. I could see this becoming something iconic, like the Grateful Dead tours. Yeah, I don't quite see that, but all right. He says, I guess there's no need to create a story this week. Actually, I'm doing a story this week, Jason. Uh, instead, he says, I focused my laser of profundity 
Man, he likes that word. And chaos and creating lots of stuff. As exciting as I clearly am to our shared audience, it does take energy, and being that and being this awesome is only partially a gift of genetics. The Atari biters Yeah, I'm still not totally sold on the term Atari biters, Jason. Are awaiting you. I definitely think you have the world's leading Atari twenty six hundred podcast and are considering and considering there are millions of podcasts, that is actually an achievement. And with that, as always Alright, let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is... Ha, ah, just kidding. See if you were paying attention earlier in the show. There is no game this week. With COVID seeming to loosen its grip on society as we once knew it, big gatherings of people are becoming a thing again. That includes gaming and other pop culture conventions. As I noted earlier, I have gone to a couple of these since COVID just as a visitor wandering around because uh, Henry likes to check things out. He gets, uh, he's not a big gamer, but he gets, uh, once in a while he's all, he gets excited about a particular thing. Like uh, for a while it was uh, artwork and now it's uh, Magic the Gathering cards. Uh, we were at QuadCon. He, uh, the thing that kept him occupied was uh, he found somebody who was selling uh, the magic cards uh, and got some of those, and then he found another place that was selling the plastic sleeves to put the individual cards in so that they don't get, you know, the edges don't get frayed and whatnot. Unless he has a thing to keep him occupied when he's helping me out at these conventions, he always likes the idea of going, but unless he has that thing, you know, eight hours uh, sitting there is uh, is a tough a tough road uh, a tough road to hoe for an 11 year old. So while I was sitting there that day, uh, in between talking to the throngs of people lining up, queuing up as it were, at the uh, at my booth to uh, to talk to me, I had time to think about sort of the convention experience as a thing. I'm certainly not an expert. Uh, I haven't been to that many. In my life, but I've been to a fair number. Nothing like Comic Con, New York, or San Francisco, San Diego, or anything. Midwest Gaming Classic, like I mentioned earlier, is probably the biggest one that I've been to. And the Quad Con, even though there are a lot of them around, they're pretty small in comparison. The one I was at on uh, you know a couple weeks ago now was just a vendor space, uh, and that was sort of by design. They were in a new town for this particular event. Uh, they're sort of experimenting with it, see how it goes, and then their hope is that if it was popular enough, next year they'll expand it with with uh, guests. Uh, the QuadCon at other places has done guests. Again, these are not, you know, I was at Midwest Gaming one year uh, in 2019, and they had Ernie Hudson, you know, uh, Winston from uh, from Ghostbusters, and other kind of big names in the uh the, the pop culture community. The quad cons I've been to, they have a fair number of comic book artists, that kind of thing. I'm not a comic book guy, so I can't really say you know how huge a star they are, stars they were, but they, they get a pretty steady stream of comic book artists. Uh, I know one year, just because it's a name that I, that I recognize, although I've forgotten the actress's name now, so I apologize, but uh, my kids, when they were littler, they were big into uh, the Lab Rats show on Disney, I think. I think it was Disney. Uh, so one year we were at a quad con just as people wandering around and they had Principal Perry 
uh, the actress who played her, and who's also done a lot of voices and things for cartoons and, and other stuff that would be appealing to people who go to these kind of conventions. But that was the biggest name I can think of that's been at a QuadCon, at least the name that that I most recognized. And although sitting here this moment, okay, fine, I'll look. Maylee or Molly Flanagan, M-A-I-L-E, Flanagan. She also had recurring roles on, roles on Shameless, Bad Teacher, The Class, Grey's Anatomy, Cameo in Transformers, Dark of the Moon. She earned an Emmy Award for Outstanding Performer in an Animated Program for Jakers, The Adventures of Piggly Winks in 2006. Numerous L.A. theater credits. Apparently the Lab Rat Show was her TV debut. Uh, and then lots of, uh, oh no, I take that back. That must be incorrect. I can't believe something on Wikipedia is incorrect because in her credits, she's got a bunch of TV credits before that. Anyway, the point is, that was the biggest name I can think of that's been at a quad con. So I go to these things, uh, I, I see as I walk around, I see, frankly, a lot of the same stuff. I see a lot of Star Wars stuff, probably buoyed by the m- recent movies, including a, a lot of sort of the, the classic uh, Kenner, like I've seen Landspeeder there. I think I saw, uh, it must, I don't see so much the ships, the old you know 70s era. Star Wars ships, uh, but I see a lot of the action figures uh, selling for a lot of money, uh, which makes me happy because I have a bunch of those still from when I was a kid. What I really like to see is the uh, 1970s era Millennium Falcon, Kenner Millennium Falcon, because I had one as a kid that disappeared. I'm pretty much certain that the kid down the street who's kind of a jerk, but I'd play with him occasionally because he was in the neighborhood. I'm pretty sure he stole it. I'm saying that without any real basis at all other than I had it one day and I didn't have it. So, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to name the kid because I don't want to get anybody in trouble because I don't know that. Even though this is uh, 40 years ago. The point is, I do like to have one but I never see that at these shows. I see a lot of Star Wars stuff. I see a lot of um, artwork which takes characters we know and drops them into different settings like at this one somebody was selling stitch artwork of stitch from lilo and stitch which is probably one of the characters i hate most in the world but my daughter loves him drawing him in different settings star wars characters and superheroes and whatnot doctor who stuff doctor who characters drawing this character is a doctor who character i don't see much doctor who stuff at these conventions which which makes me sad because i like star wars and i like star trek and i like uh, you know the Marvel superheroes and I like DC to some extent and I see all those represented at these conventions but I like Doctor Who more and that's you see almost no Doctor Who stuff at least not at the conventions I go to the other thing I don't see much of is frankly Atari stuff um, there's always like uh, Nintendo games early PlayStation games uh, things of that nature sometimes handheld games but I don't see, usually there's one or two vendors who have like a rubber made tote under the table with a few copies of Combat and maybe Yars Revenge, uh, maybe a Berserk, things like that. Uh, but that's about it. I did at this convention pick up uh, cartridges of Space Shuttle and Zaxxon, only because I didn't have them already. Uh, I haven't. I still need to check them out, see if they actually work. But I did pick those up. Uh, but for the most part, it's the same cartridges that 
I have, everybody has, who collects these games. So that got me thinking about Atari and its role in pop culture in 2021. You know, is Atari still pop culture? Is it too old to be pop culture? And what does that mean? But before I try to answer that question, I had a chance recently to sit down with Henry Pepper and get his take on QuadCon and about conventions and pop culture as a whole. And here is my conversation with the one, the only, Henry Pepper. So Henry, we recently got back from another convention, QuadCon this time, right? Mm-hmm. So we go to these occasionally, either just to walk around or sometimes we have a table. When I tell you, hey, we're going to go to this convention, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Okay. No, I mean, what do you think of first? I don't know. All right. So we were at QuadCon. Did you? No, I think of Mech Dude. Mech Dude. Mm-hmm. That's who we saw at QuadCon, right? Mm-hmm. For the record, I don't think he's actually called Mech Dude. Do you know mm-hmm. who he was supposed to be? I'm pretty sure he's gonna. He was supposed to be one of those mechs from Fortnite. Okay. Can you describe for people who don't know what he looked like? A giant robot with LED lights. Yeah, he was this uh, you know adult dude. And he had this big... But it also looked like a Transformer, because of the helmet. He did kind of look like a Transformer. He's a big, gray, robot-looking dude. It was wide. It was like four feet wide, this costume. And, you know, head to toe. And, of course, everyone kept making him stop to take pictures. What did you think of that costume? Okay. Did you see any other, any other costumes when we were there? There was a dude with a giant camera. A dude with a giant camera? Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. What remember was that? he was... With that sword-looking dude filming a documentary thing. Oh, yeah, I guess maybe I did see that. The event we were at most recently, we had a table promoting the podcast. The event we're talking about. And uh, and selling books and stuff, so we didn't... Uh, we walked around a little bit. Um, no, it was before the actual thing started. What was? Oh, the documentary guy? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we got on camera or not, though. No, I think we did. Yeah. The one we were at, they didn't have a lot of, um, uh, like, uh, like guest stars, you know, doing panels or signing autographs or anything. They, they had a picture wall. They did have a picture wall. What was on the picture wall? The logo. Well, yes, okay. But they had the costume contest. We didn't um, get to see it. We didn't get to see it because we were working, but we got to and see it. And our table wasn't next to it yeah but we got to see some of the people in their costumes like the mech dude we're kind of guessing he probably won right yeah just judging by uh who we saw walking around uh he kind of took it but um what other costumes did you see the documentary guy i guess you remember anything else i saw a woman dressed like wanda from wandavision you did and her little kid she had like uh maybe like two or three and he was dressed like the flash Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I saw some people dressed like anime characters. I don't really know anything about anime, oh, but yeah, they clearly it. were. That's what they were. I don't know. I didn't see a whole lot of, like, uh, you know, Batman and Superman. and. Well, I, I, I don't even usually see those. I didn't see any Doctor Who, of course. That's what you gotta do. Maybe. 
Do you ever wear a costume to one of these if we, if uh, I said, hey, we're going to do costumes this time? I'd wear a suit. You'd wear a suit? Mm-hmm. Like a, like a business suit? No, my name's Bond. James Bond. Oh, James do Bond. Do you, do you. Do you. Have you ever even do. seen? <laughs> I played the game. You did play a James Bond game, but you've never seen a James Bond movie, have you? No. Yeah, we should do that I've sometime. seen the Mythbusters special. <laughs> yes, we've been watching Mythbusters two reruns. Two of them, actually. And they did James Bond myths on the show. And they did two episodes. We should watch a James Bond movie sometime. Oh, yeah, because uh, when we brought it up, I was too young. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is not a James Bond special. No, it's not. This is the con special. So, we were at QuadCon. What'd you think? Did you have fun? It was noisy. It was pretty noisy. But not as noisy as some of them we've been to. And we, I almost died from starvation. We've been to, uh, we'll come back to that in a minute. We, we've been to Myth, or not Mythbusters. We've been to uh, Midwest Gaming Classic in Milwaukee. Yeah. That yeah. is noisy. Yeah, that's really noisy. And that's a whole weekend. Yeah, and we were very underdressed in that hotel. Oh. I we f- were in like casual, everyday suit, everyday clothes, and everyone else was in tuxes and dresses. Yeah. And, but we got to see him. Pe- we got to pet a dog at Midwest Game Classic that one time. I totally forgot about that. We went to. We're jumping around a little bit here, but we went to Midwest Gaming Classic. But to, we haven't been. We haven't been able to go since the COVID and well, no, um, bad scheduling. They didn't do it last year. Yeah, because of COVID. And it, they're doing they, it in November this year. They're doing year. it in November this year. But we can't go. We aren't gonna be able to go. But we went. So I guess it would have been 2019. And yes, the hotel we were staying at. There was there were events going on, and lots of people in nice clothes walking around. But that, that's okay. That is stressful. It was it was okay. It's not like we were showing up at these fancy parties uh, in well, our it dirty clothes. Pa- it's kind of a party because we got that that room service was fancy. They even brought us all of our food <laughs> on the tray, and we got to ke- keep the tray when we stayed there. And the tiny little ketchup bottles. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. What? I don't remember that. <laughs> We're not really talking about room service, though. And we always get lost. So, when we go to one of these conventions, like QuadCon or Midwest Gaming Classic or or any of those. Or Comic-Con. Or Comic-Con. What, what do you like to do? Walk around and look at stuff and then buy whatever I want. What kind of stuff do you look for? Comic books. Comic books, okay. Pictures. What uh, and stuff? All right. Well, what kind of comic books do you like? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, you don't really have a particular comic book. What about? Right now, uh, I've been getting the trading cards. Trading cards. Yeah. Well, let's talk about pictures first. You mentioned pictures. You do like to get scope those out. The different artists that they have. At yeah, these. but some some of them are over a little bit overpriced. But well, some of them are like the right price. Well, I mean that's the thing when you go to these conventions. There's. If they they make them, so they make the price. They gotta make money, and you're paying for the uh, the experience of being there with the artist. You know, because you get a couple minutes to chat with them a little bit and stuff. And sometimes they sign their work, so you're gonna pay a little bit more than you would pay otherwise. That's and you okay. You pay on Amazon. Yeah, and so that's that okay. Stuff. That's okay. I'm trying to think what kind of pictures you've gotten in the past. I got a, a t- I got a tiger. You got that nice tiger uh, picture. And I got. A poster, but that was from that was from Midwest Gaming Classic. Yeah. Um, I got a poster, but it came with a bag, so we didn't actually buy it. Well, we kind of bought it when we 
when we bought our tickets and yeah. like spots. And but it seems like we so, you sold more in this QuadCon than you would sold at Middle's Gaming Classic. It went pretty well. Yeah, I had a good time. We made big bucks. We sold we sold some books and we talked to some people. It was fun. And I um, got some stuff and you spent some money. I did. On you, largely. I'm trying to think, what did you get? What did you buy? I got two packs of Magic the Gathering cards. That's right. You're into Magic the Gathering right now. And a pack of uh, Magic the Gathering cards sleeves. That's right. Yes. And then Mom got um, some um, pictures from this guy called Stitch Tunes who takes Stitch and draws them as and draws it as other characters. Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Mm -hmm. My perhaps not my favorite movie. It's Sophie's favorite movie. So it's Sophie's favorite movie. Not my favorite movie. Why? What's so bad about it? Um, I find Stitch really annoying. Other than that, it's okay. He's an alien. It's supposed to be annoying. I don't have a problem with him being an alien. I just find the character annoying. But that's okay. Everybody likes different things. I disagree, but okay. (laughs) Agree to disagree. No. Agree to... (laughs) So, we were walking around this one and it the stuff that was available to buy like i said this one this one we just did was a fairly small event unlike you know midwest gaming it Classic, was still pretty big for it was a, a big quad, room yeah. it was, i'm pretty sure that's the biggest quad con quad con i've been to it could have been because it was a, it was like the milwaukee gaming classic was a little bit bigger it was like maybe like one and a half more times bigger than like the room was one and a half times bigger than at Mendel's Gaming Classic, and... Oh, at least, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, that, the Mendel's Gaming Classic room is gigantic, and they have multiple rooms. I think... And I remember that one, I remember one time, we got to walk around into the other smaller rooms, and we got to play arcade games. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I was saying, you know, Midwest Gaming Classic and it's, other big events like that, they have... A, it's basically a hotel. Yeah, and that was... But with a gigantic room. And they have, I mean, that's a game gaming show, so it's all games and stuff. The one we're, the one we're at this weekend or this past, it, recently. One of the vendors had a TV with, you could play games with, and it was a prize. Mm-hmm. So if you won, then you he would call you and you would get something. Yeah, um, so the, I mean, it's quad time we're talking about, and some of the other ones we go to, they're not gaming shows. They're, um, you know, collectibles and stuff. So it's more, it's not so much video games. As it's more like. Collect, like trading cards, trading like, cards, um, lots of comic books, comic books. Um, so like there was this one dude with uh, with like masks that he made, or, like forehead masks. Yeah. And the the one that the the dude that I tried to get you to buy the um Cyberman mask from. Yep. That dude. Yeah. I've seen him before. Yeah, I think I have too. And um, there was also this one author, um, who I've seen before, like a couple. Uh, quad cons and comic cons. He might have been at the mall at one time. Maybe. Uh, like, yeah, there were some. I rec- definitely recognize some people that we've seen. Yeah, because the one dude with the like something about like the book, like the children's book about the sharks and and the kid and something. Oh. That dude. I don't remember that. I guess. And with I, the with the uh, little tags on the books with like the uh, little LED tags. Yeah. I remember that dude. I must have seen. It must have been like three other, like at least like two other comic cons or quad cons that I've been to that I saw cool. him. 
like lo- like a lot of these shows, there were the uh, at least a couple places selling uh, the Star Wars toys that I had as a kid and still have in a box downstairs. So that in was the cool. basement. In the basement, and uh, uh, some Star Trek stuff. Um, there, was, there was a little bit of Doctor Who stuff. Very little Doctor Who stuff, which always makes me sad because these shows never seem to have much Doctor Who stuff. They also don't have, bringing it back to this show, they don't have a whole lot of Atari stuff at these shows we go to. I found two spots, me and Mom found two spots for you. You did scope out a couple places for me to look, and And, they did have a few. And those uh, places had had a few stuff that you didn't have. Yeah. So you can't complain about that. I picked up a couple games. I got the... uh, He got a space game, and I'm really happy about that. I got Space Shuttle... And uh, Zaxxon, I think. Yeah, Zaxxon. I have not tried them out yet, but I did get those carts. Uh, so that was nice. But I never see... I, the games are usually like the ones that you always see. Combat and uh, you know, things like that. Um, Berserk. Berserk and Pitfall. and I mean, they're all they're good games, but they're the ones that everybody has already. So it's... So he, he's gone to the point where the only games he doesn't have is the one that is the all the games that nobody has. Well, yeah, at some point, if you collect these long enough, that's where you end up. But like that's you. okay. That's part of the challenge of being a collector. But I never that's see... where eBay and Amazon come in. I never see... I shouldn't say never. Uh, I hardly ever see, like, uh, the hardware, like consoles and uh, controllers and things. I remember seeing... We I have, remember but... seeing one at the... Yeah. Uh, like, there was, like, a couple of them at one table... Uh, uh, one of the quad cons that are no, yeah, but not very much, and I never see like any artwork or anything like that. So that would be nice if they had. If you mean artwork by like drawings and pictures, yeah, but I've seen like artworks like crafts. Oh, I just uh, mean like uh, Atari artwork or. Uh, oh, so like you know, marquees geek, off the geek games or, and stuff. Geek artwork. Well, it's all geek stuff that these shows. No, the men. Murder's Gaming Classic is a giant geek conven- convention. Well, yeah, that's kind of how it's. That's where, what it where is. They're middle-aged men forcing their wives to go because <laughs> they, because forcing their wives to come with them because they don't want to, because they don't want to set it up all by themselves. There's some of that. And they get lonely. But I definitely sometimes also see uh, groups of people walking around where it's clearly the mom who's the one that's excited about mm-hmm. the convention. Um, I saw at this one several. I'm, I really, really see that. I saw it's several. Usually, uh, it's usually a bunch of guys. Moms in costume with their little kids this time. Um, like the Wanda, like the like person, Wanda, yeah. In Flash. In Flash. Would it be wait? Was it a boy or a girl that was dressed up as Flash? I don't know. I think it was a boy. If it was a boy, it, she could the the mom that would that dressed up as as Wanda. If you haven't seen WandaVision, then I'm giving spoilers. So you might want to pause the. Vi- Pause the podcast and watch it real quick. So, um, so he could have, the girl that dressed up as Wanda, the mom, could have yep. dressed her son up as one of the boys. Yeah. Spo- that was a spoiler. If he you was a really little it. kid. I'm guessing he had a Flash Halloween costume left over that he wanted to wear, so. That's okay. But hopefully you guys watched it, watched WandaVision. So you didn't Yeah, spoil free, it. free plug for WandaVision, mm-hmm. in case you haven't heard of it. It's really good. Um, <laughs> yes, it was good. So, well, what was your favorite thing about this QuadCon we just went to? And then I'll ask you, what's your favorite thing to do at these shows or, or that you like about these Seeing shows? Seeing the robot guy and spending your robot money. Guy. And spending my money. Yes, I know. You're always happy to do that. 
Now I'm going to get really sad when I have to spend my own money. A lot of what they sell at these shows when they're selling collectibles and stuff... Is, is vintage. Is vintage stuff, like and from when I was a little kid, and even older than that. So, when you're my age... Um, the vintage stuff is going to be stuff that, that we... This is going to be a stuff that's now. Yeah. So what kind of stuff do you think that you'll be looking at when you're my age and you go to one of these things? iPhone 11s. iPhone 11s, okay. Probably that. What other stuff? Probably going to be a PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5, yeah. And then a bunch of PlayStation... Because I've seen a... Because the the um, latest... The newest console... Um, the newest video games for the newest console that I've seen is Xbox One. In PS4. But the uh, PlayStation 5 has only come out in last year. Yeah. Do you know anybody who has it? We're, we're going off topic. Do you know um, anybody who has a PlayStation 5? Uh, my teacher has... Your teacher has, has one? She has two of them. Because, two of them? Because she ordered one for his boyfriend. For her boyfriend. And his boyfriend ordered one for him. <laughs> so so they're just going to keep two of them. That's, did did they each know that the other one no, was ordering? No, them? I don't think they did. Wow, that's wild. Wink, also, wink, really expensive. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> no, I'm gonna put it on the record here. I didn't. I didn't secretly order you a PlayStation Five. How do I know? Because I just said I didn't secretly order you a PlayStation Five. That could be a lie. We need a lot more Patreon contributions <laughs> to. Uh, before we can get a PlayStation 5. I need a lot more free money. If you would like to send Henry a PlayStation 5, uh, send me an email. Well, no, I don't. No don't, one's going to send me an email. Don't do that, because I want to spend his money. Story of my life. Because I won't spend mom's money, because she's mom. And it's easier to trick you into buying me one than mom, because, you wow. know, she's mom. Well, you got me there. Do you think, then, when you're my age, you'll still be going to these kinds of things? Probably. Probably just for the... Or whatever. Probably just because... There's probably going to be more electronic there. Because right now it's just vintage stuff from the 1900s. A lot of it's from the 1900s. But yeah. a, lot, a lot of it is... Like, well, again, it kind of depends on what kind of show you're going to. Midwest Gaming Classic, there is the comic books and the collectibles and all that. But the focus is on games. The stuff, the cons and we're I, talking about, the focus is more on the I collectibles and the was, comic books. It, it was either one of the Midwest Gaming Classics or one of the big quad cons. But in one of those, we got this, we got a table right next to like all the TVs and PCs and the game consoles. Looked oh, up yeah. to the PCs and we got to play a bunch of, lo- we got to play Mario Kart. Yeah, I forgot and, about and that. And then uh, it must have been like a gym or a stadium or something because we got to sit on the riser stands. Yeah, yeah. It w- I think it was a gymnasium, maybe. It was a big gymnasium. Well, an arena of some sort. Because it was yeah. um stadium. It was a stadium of some sort. Yeah. So you like, basically what you took away from this con was more Magic the Gathering stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you like about Magic the Gathering? It's better than school because I actually get to work, use my brain for something. Wow. There's a ringing endorsement of public schooling. Well, um, what, what the school is now is basically what it was in like the in like the um in like the steam or like the like the eighteen hundreds with the like steam engine like yeah. that stuff. Yeah. It's basically set around that, and it pretty much hasn't changed since that. Like huh. the like the form of teaching hasn't changed from that. Wow. Since like then. 
wow. Take that, schools. Yeah, take that. How you like me now? All right. Before, Come at me, bro. Before I get lots of angry emails from teachers, of which your mother is one, I would remind you. Oh, she's not in the room. And she doesn't, and, listen, and she doesn't she, listen to the show. So we're doing another, I'm selling books at another con in a, a week or so. Do you think you'll go to that one? That one's here in town. Oh, then. I mean, is that the Golden Leaf thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll probably go. So what kind of stuff are you going to look for? Usual stuff. Yeah? Magic the Gathering stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember one of the quad cons that we, quad cons that we went to at the Golden Leaf place? Mm-hmm. Um, um, there was a, it was like a couple years ago when I didn't know how to play Magic. There was a guy, we had a table, and the, and the guy with the table behind us was in his, him and his, what I think was his son, was playing Magic the Gathering. Oh, yeah? Mm. And it had, like, action, and it had, like, figurines and everything. You know, we got you some of the books and stuff for Dungeons and Dragons, but you didn't really get into that. What, what's... What do you like about magic better? Because it's more you're more involved in how, the How so? They kind of seem like a similar game to me. No, because you are, because um because I I like um I don't like using my brain as I like using my brain as less as, as least as possible. Yeah, I don't buy that. I think you're messing with me. No, I'm not. So, but it's kind of, uh, D&D is kind of boring because it's a lot of, it involves a lot of reading. And it's, it's more reading than, than like actually playing the game. Well, if you're the dungeon master, and I'm far from an expert on Dungeons and Dragons, but there's a lot of reading involved in putting the campaigns together. And but then if you're a player, you're not necessarily reading a whole lot. I know, but you're reading the dice, I guess, to no, see but hit it's, points and uh, whatnot. D&D is way more complicated to understand than um, I don't know, Magic man. Again. I've been playing Magic with you, and I played Dungeons & Dragons many years ago, and I, I this Magic feels way more complicated to well, me. Well, yeah, because you've been playing Dungeons & Dragons for a long time. Well, I haven't played it for a long time, but well, I did been a long time pl- ago. You've played it more than me, yes. so you have some experience. I suppose. But that's okay. So, now that you're a seasoned veteran of all these conventions, what is your advice to the people listening who want to go to one of these? What's your strategy for getting the best experience out of it? And that's it's worth buying. And that's it's worth buying, don't buy it. Wow. But that doesn't apply to me because I buy anything I want. How do you know if it's worth buying? I don't know. What, you just know when you see it? Yeah. Okay. Well... I guess with that advice, let's see, we've uh, attacked schools. <laughs> we have we, determined that you should buy stuff if you want it. Except when you're a kid, and then you buy whatever you want with your parents' money. Yes, and what else did we do? But with your dad's money, because you don't mess with mom. And, and that's the final lesson, don't mess with mom. Yeah, don't mess with mom. That is great advice for anybody. She's like an angry grizzly bear that got, just got trapped, that just got hit with a um, bear trap. Don't mess with it. No, it's like a angry a mom's or like when you when you make moms mad with like an angry grizzly 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 bear mother protecting her cubs. Wow, I'm gonna get a lot of emails from moms now. I think. All right. Well, thanks for chatting with me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go do the rest of the show now. Okay. All right. All right. See ya. Bye.
I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. All right. Well, after the break, one of the things I did at QuadCon was a giveaway contest. I had, I prepared a, basically a Pac-Man inspired Mad Lib. You know, those little, um, those little puzzles where you have a short little story with blanks inserted where the reader can fill in an adjective, a noun, a verb uh, to, to finish the sentence and finish the story. And it you know, makes it a funny little, you know, just a cute little thing. So I had some of those out and anyone who stopped by the booth was invited to fill out one of these Mad Libs, basically. Mad Libs that aren't Mad Libs, by the way. The Mad Lib people don't get mad at me. This, I'm not doing Mad Libs, but, you know, it's a it's an ode to Mad Libs, I guess. And then I promised to read some of those on the podcast, which I'm going to do after the break, and I'm going to pick one of them at random, and that per- lucky person is going to win a t-shirt. If you've ever seen me at a convention, uh, you know that I have Atari Bytes t-shirts. They have... The, uh, the Atari Bytes logo on the front, and then on the back it says, go play some old games, they've missed you. So I have some of those, and I'm going to give one away to one of the people whose story I'm going to read today after the break. Also after the break, the cosplay contest, of course. Now where did I leave my bustier? The cosplay contest. Now where did I leave my bustier? This is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's X-E-G-S, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, let's take a break from you listening to me talk so that you can listen to me talk. Hell's Serial, Very Short Stories Fortified with Essential Syllables, is the new short story collection from, well, me. Every box, or book, is chock full of bite-sized stories in every genre, from sci-fi to fantasy to literary fiction to cheesy spy stories and everything in between. 
Zombies in Love, Twisted Car Races, and the aforementioned Devilish Breakfast Food are just some of the tasty bites you'll find. Toy surprises? You bet. How about social commentary and the meaning of life? Beats a decoder ring any day. With both funny stuff and drama, Hell's Cereal gives you the marshmallows and the toasted oat flakes. Oh, and words. Lots of those, too. Pick up Hell's Cereal, very short stories fortified with essential syllables, wherever you'd like to get your books. Not cereal. Here's the thing about conventions. I don't know if Atari is pop culture anymore. And that's weird to me. Now, to be fair, the shows that I'm going to, for the most part, are not gaming shows. About the only one that I go to that is, you know, primarily gaming is Midwest Gaming Classic. But even there, my recollection is there wasn't necessarily a ton of Atari stuff. No Atari stuff, really, other than uh, cartridges. And even there, for the most part, again, the same ones that everybody has. Uh, there are probably a few consoles, too. But I never see more than that. I never see, like, uh, marquees from games, I don't think. I never see artwork. There's got to be some Atari um, you know, advertising material, other Atari artwork uh, floating around out there. But I never see it at these conventions. And Atari, while it's old, it's not that old. 40 years in... I wouldn't think in the pop culture world is that old. I mean, they have Star Wars stuff, original Star Wars stuff, and that's around the same time as Atari first coming out. Why no Atari stuff to speak of at these conventions? What's going on? Is it the fact that, you know, like like a Star Wars toy from a titular movie, the characters are largely the same characters, right? C-3PO is in every dang Star Wars movie, so... You get a Star Wars uh, C-3PO, uh, you know the four-inch Kenner Star Wars C-3PO from 77, 78, whenever they came out. If you are a kid and you haven't watched those, but you've seen um, uh, what was it? Uh, Fa- Face the Nation. What's it called Force Awakens? If you've seen Force Awakens, you can still play with that same C-3PO if you're acting out something from Fa- Face. God, why am I keep thinking Face the Nation? From Force Awakens, right? But you can't take your Atari cartridge and put it in a PlayStation. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe not only is Atari old, but it's, I'm going to use the dreaded word here, obsolete. These conventions that I go to, the vendor rooms, always have a lot of early PlayStation and NES games. I probably see more of those than anything else. Is it the case that the typical person wandering around a pop culture convention is too young to really remember Atari as pop culture? I don't know, because, you know, like I said, I see a lot of the Star Wars stuff. I occasionally see, actually fairly regularly see, like Star Trek stuff, um, like the uh, the little action figures, the little six-inch or eight-inch uh, action figures of the original Star Trek characters, Trek, uh, Trek McCoy, Trek the Kirk McCoy, Spock, those guys that I had some of uh, when I was a kid in the 70s. Uh, so I see that kind of stuff. I see Star Wars, and I see PlayStation and Nintendo. I, I don't get, and again, I, I mentioned earlier, no Doctor Who stuff, or very little. I saw one place at 
this convention I was at most recently where they had a couple of action figures. Um, and then I, I do occasionally see places that are selling, uh, sell artwork, like uh, Stitch, as I mentioned my favorite character. Uh, that artist had uh, some drawings of Stitch as the 10th or and 11th Doctors. But Atari, uh, sort of absent. I don't get it. And I think maybe it goes back to that obsolete, obsolescence thing. Star Trek has continued to evolve and become different things, for better or worse. Uh, so has Star Wars. Video games, though, they evolve. They evolve, but that evolution means you can't go back and play the old stuff unless you have the equipment to play the old stuff. And I know, emulators and all that. But to play an Atari game on an emulator, you have to go seek out an Atari game to play on an emulator. If I have my 1970s Star Wars figures, but I have a ship from Force Awakens, I can play with those together if I want. Um, now, collectors will cringe, of course, because you need to wrap those action figures in plastic and put them in a box and never let them see the light of day. But that's, uh, that's a different issue. But as I'm sitting there at these conventions watching people walk by, I wonder if the people selling stuff assume that the typical customer is going to be some uh, Gen... Gen... What the hell is it? Gen Y? Gen Z? Some 90s kid. Or 2000s kid. But I don't... I see people in that age range, certainly, but I, it's not all I see. I see people my age, a lot of times, with their kids. I see um, people older than me. I talk to several people who are older than me. I mean, I'm 50, so older than me is, like, geriatric according to my kids anyway you know and i see a whole cross-section of people i saw teenagers dressed as anime characters i, I recognize them as such i don't know who the characters were kind of like comic books i'm not really into anime either it's cool if you are it's just not a thing for me i do remember at midwest gaming pretty sure that's where it was i saw a couple of teenagers very excited because they i want to say it looked like they were even pulling their money to buy a to buy an atari console i think it was a 2600 I don't remember if it was a heavy sixer or what, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Because I, I remember noticing how weird it was. That these teenagers were so excited about this old technology. But that seems to be the exception, not the rule. But I see, you know, so I see a lot of teenagers. I see people older than me. I see people my age, you know, the, the dads who are clearly there. They brought their kids perhaps as an excuse so they could go themselves. I saw a mom. At least I assume it was this kid's mom. It was uh, the toddler. It was a toddler. Um, maybe three, I'm not sure, much older than three, could have been four, probably three, dressed as Flash, and the mom was dressed as Wanda from uh, WandaVision. I saw a fair number of, yeah, it was mostly, honestly, it was mostly like the 30s, the, the people in their 30s dressed in costumes. And that seems to be, I seem to see a lot of that. Men and women in their 30s and teenage girls are typically the people I see in costumes at these things. I don't know why, but that seems to be how it works out. I saw, you know, as I always do, I saw a guy or two, you know, who is sort of the prototypical nerd with the, you know, the t-shirt that doesn't quite cover his belly, that kind of thing. I saw middle-aged guys. Point is, I see a cross-section of people, both in personality and in age. Advertisers like the uh, 18 to 34 age demographic. It's the people that I guess they think have disposable income. But I gotta tell you, uh, someone my age or older, they got disposable income too. 
Uh, if they have kids, their kids are older, maybe even out of the house. Also, we really, really love the stuff from our childhood. Those Star Wars figures, Doctor Who, um, Atari stuff. And we'll pay for it. If you got it there, we'll pay for it. But in my experience, they're not getting it there. I, I don't understand. And I personally, I you know, if I saw some, um, some really nice uh, signage or something for Atari, if it was reasonably priced, I'd buy it and put it up on my wall. Sure I would, but I never see it. I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe I'm just a cranky old person. I don't know. All right. If you guys have thoughts about pop culture, where Atari fits into all this, am I just a cranky old person? You know, whatever. Let me know. Reach out to me in one of the various ways that you can do that. And if you don't know how to do that, keep listening for the end of the show, and I'll tell you. All right. Well, before we have story time, let's read some other stories. But it's like bonus story time, really. All right. I have in my hands right here, you can hear it, uh, a stack, a uh, stacked to the ceiling of little Pac-Man stories that people at the QuadCon filled out for me. Uh, and thank you one and all for doing this. Um, after I read these, I will pick one at random and uh, I will reach out to you to find out how I can send you a free t-shirt. Who doesn't like a free t-shirt, for goodness sakes? Alright, this first story comes to us from I want to say Li oh, Libby. Okay. It comes from Libby, who is age six. Pac-Man was black hungry. His favorite thing to eat was pen. But that was hard to find, so he had to eat wafers instead. Off the ground, even. Pac-Man met four ghosts. Uh, she only actually named three of them. Uh, named Lib, Rosie, and Lisa. He asked what they were doing. The ghost just pointed. At the other end of the maze, Pac-Man saw a pen power pill. The ghost jump, then ran. Patman groaned. Must he always do this chase? Patman was tired of running. He got an idea to grab the ghosts. Look, he said, pointing. It's man. Patman gobbled the power pill and said, salt and pepper. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. Before running the other way, laughing. Later, ghosts. Very nice, Libby. Thank you for that. And then we have our next entry from Liam, age 10. Pac-Man was hungry. Hungry. Wow. He wasn't just hungry, folks. He was hungry, hungry. I've been there. Liam, I, I know what that's like. His favorite thing to eat was ghosts. All right. But that was hard to find, so he had to eat wafers instead. Off the ground, even. Pac-Man met four ghosts named Cranky, Stanky, and Mart. Okay. Maybe that's supposed to be Mart. And Kyle. He asked what they were doing. The ghost just pointed. At the other end of the maze, Pac-Man saw a weird power pill. The ghost cried, then ran. Pac-Man groaned. Must he always do this Do this chase? Pac-Man was tired of running. He got an idea to eat the ghosts. Look, he said, pointing. It's Larry. <laughs> Pac-Man gobbled the power pill and said, E. All right. Before running the other way, laughing, Crazy ghosts. 
All right, very nice, Liam. Thank you. Then we have a story from Emily Platt, age 24. Pac-Man was depressingly hungry. Yeah, I've been there, too. His favorite thing to eat was peanut butter, but that was hard to find, so he had to eat wafers instead. Off the ground, even. Pac-Man met four ghosts. Alan, Bob, Paul, and Glorfindel. All right. I already knew this, but just for, for those of you who don't, Glorfindel is a fictional character in J.R.R. Tolkien's Middle-Earth Legendarium. He's a member of the Noldor, one of the three groups of the Colequidi, or High Elves. But you already knew that. The ghost just pointed. At the other end of the maze, Patman saw a delightful power pill. The ghost screamed, then ran. Patman groaned. Must he always do this, Chase? Patman was tired of running. He got an idea to trick the ghost. Look, he said, pointing. It's Mrs. Patman. Patman gobbled the power pill and said, Wowza! Before running the other way, laughing. Stupid ghosts. <laughs> There's going to be some Pac-Man fun tonight, I think. Thank you for the story. Then we have a story from Azu, 6 to 10 year olds, and they had 24 year olds. Uh, Azu wrote, Pac-Man was power hungry. His favorite thing to eat was human beings. Ooh, this story may take a dark turn. But that was hard to find, so he had to eat wafers instead. Off the ground, even. Pac-Man met four ghosts. Fee, fi, fo, fum. Very nice. He asked what they were doing. The ghost just pointed. At the other end of the maze, Pac-Man saw a delicious power pill. The ghost screamed, then ran. Pac-Man groaned. Must he always do this, Chase? Pac-Man was tired of running. He got an idea to bite the ghost. Look, he said, pointing. It's a plane. Pac-Man gobbled the power pill and said, Pleased to eat you. Before running the other way, laughing, Prepare to be munched. Ghosts. Very nice. Thank you, Azu. Then we have a story from Anna Marie, age 45. Pac-Man was super ball hungry. Is that an expression I'm not familiar with? Oh, well. His favorite thing to eat was sweet nectar of the gods. Okay. But that was hard to find, so he had to eat wafers instead. Off the ground, even. Pac-Man met four ghosts and a banana. Zephy Zuzu and J-Dog, with two Gs, I might add, and Bill Belly Pepper. Hmm, is that a shout-out to me, by chance? Don't know. He asked what they were doing. The ghost just pointed. At the other end of the maze, Pac-Man saw a, an orange glowing power pill. The ghost smelled his ground wafer breath, <laughs> then ran. Pac-Man groaned. Must he always do this, Chase? Pac-Man was tired of running. He got an idea to teleport the ghost. Look, he said, pointing. It's a real-live crystal. I feel like that must be a thing. If anyone knows, let me know. Um, it's a, it's a real-live crystal. Pac-Man gobbled the power pill and said, I got the power, before, before running the other way, laughing. Goodbye in your fleshy form, ghosts. Wow. That's sort of a, a metaphysical kind of kind of story going on there. Very nice. Thank you for that.
Uh, and then we're swinging back to the other end of my fan base's age. We have, oh boy, Zephy, Z-E-P-H-Y, I think, H7. Pac-Man was ginormously hungry. His favorite thing to eat was balls. Okay. But that was hard to find, so he had to eat wafers instead. Off the ground, even. Pac-Man met four ghosts. Beanie, Glee, Blackie, and Gigi. He asked what they were doing. The ghost just pointed. At the other end of the maze, Pac-Man saw a big power pill. The ghost peed, <laughs> then ran. Pac-Man groaned. Must he always do this, Chase? Pac-Man was tired of running. He got an idea to eat the ghost. Look, he said, pointing. It's Atari. Yes. Pac-Man gobbled the power pill and said, Gulp. Before running the other way, laughing, Hey, I'll eat you later, ghosts. Very nice. Thank you, Zephy, which I hope I'm saying correctly. And then finally, we have a story from, um, I'm going to say Briley. I think it's B-R-Y-L-E-Y. Um, and I, I'm going to have to get my, uh, I'm going to have to get the sensor ready on this one. But here we go. Pac-Man was fucking hungry. His favorite thing to eat was fuck, but that was hard to find, so he had to eat wafers instead. Off the ground, even. Pac-Man met four ghosts. Fuck, fucking, and Jim. He asked what they were doing. The ghost just pointed. At the other end of the maze, Pac-Man saw a fucking power pill. The ghost then ran. Pac-Man groaned. Must he always do this, Chase? Pac-Man was tired of running. He got an idea to fuck the ghosts. Look, he said, pointing. It's... Pac-Man gobbled the power pill and said, fuck, before running the other way, laughing. Ghosts. All right. Briley. Very nice. I don't know how old you are, Briley, but really, I mean, your mother should wash your mouth out with soap. Seriously. Use Life Boy. It's Ralphie's favorite from uh, A Christmas Story. All right. Those are our seven entries. Thank you one and all. I have used my random number generator to pick number five and that was Anna Marie her story was the one with the shout out to Bill Belly Pepper and the ground wafer breath you Anna Marie are the winner of the exclusive Atari Bytes t-shirt I will be reaching out to you soon to uh, find out how to get that shirt to you uh, that was fun. Here is a story much less entertaining than any of them that you just heard. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story comes to us from Bad Poetry Corner. One group, many fandoms. The WandaVision Soccer Mom. Cosplayers, teen anime fans. Dads with kids, stoner Star Wars man. Games, toys, comics, we all glom. Pop culture cons like Nerdy Prom. Childhood boxed with one leg Deadpool. Why do we do it? Are we fools? One group sharing many fandoms. Fill the halls with joy. They will come. Some will laugh. 
Just embrace the cool. I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white turtle doves. I'd like to teach the world to sing, sing with me. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the End of the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the story time and Jason Says Stuff themes. On the way to the Wolverine selfie station, snag an $8 slice of pizza and leave a five-star review of the show on Apple Podcasts. No need to stand in line. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, check us out on Instagram. You can also call us, too. I'm not going to answer the phone. It's nothing personal but you are free to leave a voicemail at 563-265-1978 about pretty much anything you want, and I'll probably play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com for info and links for this show, Atari Bytes, and my other podcast, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. Uh, There's also information over there about uh, things that I've done that aren't podcasts, including books that I've written, and links to Uh, a few of the many places that you can order those. Please also consider supporting the show on our Atari Bytes Patreon project at patreon.com. It helps keep the lights on here in the podcast studio, and you also get to mingle with these fine folks who have my sincerest gratitude. Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, M. West, Jim Goebel, Patrick McCarthy, Jeremy L., and Jason Schiffman. All right, we're just about out of here. Next time on Atari Bytes. It's June. We're busting out all over with our annual Intellivision Month. That's right. Every episode in June will feature an Intellivision game. We give Atari the month off. It likes to go to the Caribbean, hang out on the beach, you know, that kind of thing. You get it, get its head together. Maybe, maybe uh, come to terms with uh, its poor representation at uh, pop culture cons. You know, that kind of thing. So we give it the month off. And we play in television games. If you guys have thoughts about in television or any specific in television games, let me know. Uh, we're going to open things up with the game Star Strike, which I've never actually played. I recently picked up a cartridge and some overlays for the uh, controllers and, and a manual. Um, so we're going to be checking that out next week. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. <laughs> We'll